0: Everyone, my name's Michael Kaiser, and I'm John Wilson, and welcome to another episode of Make
1: Ours Marvel. This is episode 149 of a podcast that has taken you through so many adventures, so many um, journeys, and so many—I uh, don't—I don't, I don't know—the distractions from the Marvel Universe, starting with the Fantastic Four in 1961, and going all the way into March of 1967 which is where we are tonight that's right we're gonna be talking about uh let's see what are our four issues for now we got tales of suspense 90 we have strange tales 157 fantastic four 63 and the avengers
0: 40 it just hit me right now that we only have nine more tales of suspense oh that's insane you're right I've been counting down the Asgard
1: tales because those are going away soon. Suspense is going away soon, which means yeah. all of our anthology books are going away soon because they all, like dominoes, they, they they cancel one after the other or transition. I want to split. They split.
0: Yeah. But that's how – I mean, gosh, we've been with old Iron Man for quite some time and he's coming to an end-ish, but also a new beginning, of course. So mm-hmm. that's okay. But still, it's like crazy we've gotten through all these. All right. Well,
1: shall we start off with some um, –
0: so I was going to say some Captain
1: America Red Skull, but it's just But no, just the cover.
0: it's actually, speaking of vintage way back in the day Iron Man, we've got a little bit of that tonight, or today. Oh, yeah. Tales of Suspense number 90. The cover is Captain America. It's his turn, and it's called, And Men Shall Call Him Traitor. An epic to stagger your senses. The most cr- incredible crime of all time. But before we get to that, like we said, it's actually Iron Man's turn in The Golden Ghost. A monumental masterwork, magnificently molded by Smiling Stan Lee and genial Gene Colon, inked by fearless Frank Giacoya, lettered by artful Artie Samek. Now that you've savored right. another Mighty Marvel's subliminal summaries, let's go to where the action is. I guess the summary was in the dialogue, which is that the Melter – this is part two of the Melter trying to uh, – I guess his whole goal is to get a smaller version of his melting gun and only Tony Stark can invent one. So he attacked last issue and Iron Man had to kind of run away because he was being melted and he put on his Tony Stark uniform and pretended to be Tony. And now like at gunpoint, Tony is inventing a smaller melter outfit or outfit uh, gun. So they're in his lab and the old gold suit's still there and melter – takes note of it and even like jerkily like shoots the arm a little bit just to melt it. And then he talks about how his new gun doesn't just melt metal, it melts anything depending on what setting he puts it on. So it can melt concrete, it can melt humans, it can melt whatever. So anyway, Tony being Tony, who can like invent elements and stuff, he just easily creates this miniature version of the guy's gun. He says, "Here you go." Melter's like, "No way, man. You do it first in case it blows up or something." So it he- be something worth remembering, but he doesn't there is evidently an, a new one. And then Tony's like, oh, I could use this on him, but I see that he set it to explode setting. So I won't do that. And then that makes the Melter annoyed, and he starts shooting the floor and makes Tony Stark dance. Um, so now it's like, oh, I got to go deal with these guys. So he sets his gun to flesh and shoots Tony. <laughs> and Sorry. Tony's Tony dies. Yep. Uh-oh. Melter um, goes outside. He starts... Terminatoring all the cops. Um, some of Tony's, like, dates also have shown up because apparently he accidentally double-booked or purposely double-booked. Who knows? And they're all worried, too. Uh, meanwhile, Tony gets up because, you know, he's not really dead because, you know what? He doesn't have flesh on his chest. He has armor. And the military didn't know that. So it's kind of like wearing a bulletproof vest against a flesh ray. Um, you want to go, you can go. And in order to expedite things, he just puts on his old-school armor. So it's the old gold Iron Man armor that comes alive flies out of the building takes on the melter um and ultimately oh yeah as he's fighting the melter the melter's gun just gets hotter and hotter to the point where he can't hold it anymore because guess what tony did screw with it he just did it in a way that wasn't immediate and obvious so that the melter uh could be tricked into holding it so yeah the melter ultimately has to drop his gun he can't pick it up anymore Iron Man and the police uh, take the military into custody, and then the Iron Man walks away the winner. Next, the Crusher. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun.
1: So this is a trope that happens a few times over the years, but I think this is the first time they've done it.
0: I think you're right. In fact, they make it seem like this this gold armor has been around this whole time, but I think it's like the first time we've seen it as like a trophy or, you know, like a hall of armor kind of situation. Well, I did remember
1: there was a time where somebody stole his golden armor mm. and he had to go after them. Like the first like proto armor wars kind of thing.
0: That's true. Uh, but yeah, yeah it is yeah. like
1: on display back there, which is pretty cool. We've never seen that before.
0: Yeah. Which also becomes an Iron Man trope. He goes down to his iron cave and there's like all his past armors in boxes.
1: And then he destroys them in one episode, and <laughs> then like a year later they're still down there and they get all like, yeah.
0: I guess he just decides like I destroyed that Mark Six. I'll rebuild it again just so I have a display model.
1: It's kinda of like when Captain America's shield gets destroyed and it's like,
0: oh, but no, this is my original one from Right. Yeah. Yeah. The other one was just from the museum
1: I stole it from. Right, right. Um, you know, we so often neglect the chest plate these days. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that kind of sets up the misdirect pretty nicely on page six. Cause they never really talk about the fact that he yeah, still has that on.
0: You would think that Melter would notice that there's not a big giant hole in his chest, but otherwise it was a pretty good, uh, you know, bamboozle. I liked it. Yeah, and then at the bottom of page
1: eight, where like the old armor comes out of the shadows and the boots stump to the ground. That and was then really the next cool. Page, and you get like a pretty pretty good sized shot of our Iron Man.
0: And thanks to the MCU, you can actually like hear the whirring up noise, like <laughs> as the thing turns on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like from that original movie when what's his name pressed the button on the laptop or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean it was pretty simple and straightforward but i liked it it was cool yeah it was fun (laughs) his girlfriend show up yeah
1: i had a date with him and yeah i I, I was just thinking his last last issue tony was going through a lot of dates because he was trying to like cleanse his brain of pepper pots and we saw him he was kind of up front he's like yeah i can't date you tomorrow i've got 30 other women lined up Mm -hmm. So I don't know if uh, this
0: woman just didn't realize
1: that she was one of many or what?
0: (laughs) Well, I don't think they give him name. It seemed like they're trying to introduce new characters here in a way. Like, because the guy, um, who's the, it's not chief of police. Oh, deputy commissioner. They give him a lot of hero uh, panels. Mm -hmm. Make it seem like we want to see this dude again, which I'd be cool with. And then like Betty and Veronica here get a bunch of panels to where I thought, well, maybe they're trying to like. Introduce new love interests because they're just going to write off Pepper and Happy as being happily ever after, which is boring. And they have nothing to say anymore.
1: I do think we are nearing the end of this phase of Pepper and Happy. Mm -hmm. Um, But on Chronology Project, there are no recurring characters listed here except for Iron Man and Melter. I haven't checked Marvel reading
0: order. Well, then I guess they're just heroic looking uh, guys that never show up again. Mm -hmm. Idea. But um, his gun does flesh, wood, stone and metal.
1: Now, I thought that was interesting because granted, the melter ray has absolutely no basis in physics. We talked about that the last time he showed up. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't change states without a transition of energy. And so you've got to heat stuff up to liquefy. There's no other way. So he's he's not doing that. But it would make sense that different kinds of substances would require different levels of energy um, to whatever it is that he's doing.
0: So you think that's what it does when he switches the dial? It like just increases or decreases the energy output. Yeah. Or, or the time that makes sense.
1: Whatever comic book energy he's doing to, to melt mm-hmm. metal without heating it. It's not going to be the same kind of stuff
0: you'd want to do to flesh. I'm guessing. Yeah. I was, I was thinking it's like different energy altogether, but then it's like, well, how does that work? If you just have one gun, you know, it's gotta be all the same ammo inside, but
1: uh, yeah, yeah that makes yeah.
0: that makes sense. Just different intensity. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. I like that.
1: Um, The only other thing I had about this is they gripe about the old suit being slow. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this a long time ago, but these references to the older suits being slow, they used to bother me. Because when he did the upgrade, there was no mention of the new suit being faster. Mm
0: -hmm. And there
1: was no complaint about the old suit being slow. That's not why he upgraded. He upgraded it because Steve did had a of green thing that is not replicating anything it's just a large green you know when you're doing when you're like living in the world of technology hello 2021 um we are we slowly increment and we slowly upgrade over time and the the difference between one version and the next version might not be that noticeable Mm -hmm. but the difference between one version and like two or three versions later Mm -hmm. is more noticeable so maybe that's what it is maybe he's like wow I didn't realize it, but, but this suit is actually kind of kind of clunky and slow.
0: Have you ever, like, upgraded from iPhone 6S to 11 in one jump? And then, you know, it's like, yeah, this is definitely bigger and it's flashy and that's cool and you're used to it. But then, like, for some reason you have to use your old iPhone 6 for five minutes and it's like, oh, my God, how yeah. did I live with this screen And this weird button that I no longer have to deal with and stuff. Maybe it's like that. Just going backwards is more obvious than going forward. I still have a six. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll probably get whatever's
1: either the latest model or like the next to latest model, whatever I upgrade. But I don't want to lose my headphone jack.
0: Yeah, that is really stupid. And I also I do kind of miss that button you press instead of just the fake vibrator button. There's like that button that like reads your fingerprint and opens things and all that. Mm-hmm. Like now it's a face thing. And guess what? We all wear masks. So the face thing is really annoying. <laughs> and also like in order to close apps, you have to barely scroll this certain speed. I'm getting good at it now. But at first it was like, ooh, I really missed that button. Hmm. You just double click. Um, so you're just
1: telling me all the reasons why I shouldn't get into a phone.
0: Well, the screen is much nicer. And <laughs> it does hold a lot more. And it's a lot faster. And the photos are better. But yeah, I could live with the 6s forever. Probably, it's fine. Um, uh, uh, you know what else? I also think I think managed to create a fully transistorized centrifuge machine, like the faster model. Because I think Ditko was just drawing Iron Man slimmer. It wasn't like like now in the maybe a retconned way they always make the gold armor this huge bulky thing. But at the time, I think Ditko was making the gold armor look kind of slimmer than Kirby too.
1: More tapered waist kind of thing.
0: So it was like, are, is he really? It wasn't like this conscious effort on Ditko's part to make it slimmer, per it se. Just it just happened stylistically. And then that turned into reality somehow. That's anyway, possible. Anyway, it makes sense because it does look bigger and bulkier. It looks like a tank. But it was cool to see again. Well, shall we, shall we see what Cap's to, doing? Uh, Cap's in the same outfit, but yeah, he has otherwise, not let's see. The men shall call him Traitor. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Surely the most unnecessary words ever penned are these. Continued from last ish. <laughs> never in say fi- that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Written in the fiery flash of inspiration by smiling Stan Lee. Penciled in the first blush of enthusiasm by. show of the XPT One, the world's newest atomic submarine is. Yes.
1: And caps like. Wait a second.
0: By jovial Joe Sinnet. Lettered in the lonely grip of lethar- lethar- lethargy by adorable Artie Simek. Um, So, yeah, we left Cap with two walls, like, closing in on him. He's going to die, and Red Skull rubbing his hands together. Uh, But then Cap's like, oh, this pit I'm in, I can see the controls from here. So he just throws the shield at the controls, and they break, and then the walls stop closing in on him. And also when they break, like, cord comes down into the pit, so he just uses it to Tarzan his way out of there. But by the time he gets out, the Red Skull has been like, and he runs, and he jumps in his, like, this hovercraft thing and he flies away cap ties the cord that he used to get out of the pit with to his shield and he throws his shield and it kind of loops around like one of the things sticking out of the red skull's ship so he hitches a ride basically but the red skull notes that on his view screen is like okay well i'm just gonna hover down close to the water so he does that now cap's drowning right but so cap solves that problem by just climbing up the rope um and then he uses a shield to smash a window, and he gets inside the ship. Red Skull assumes... Traitor. A praiseworthy presentation painstakingly
1: produced by Stan the Man... I guess this is one of the Gulf of Mexico isles. So Hispanic
0: land where... like that episode of Doctor Who where those rhinoceros things took that one building and brought it to the moon. It's sort of like yes. that. but uh like, it you- the same thing. Because you can see, like... It's not just in a bubble, but it's like you can see it being scooped from the ground, the city. So, yeah, bad plumbing right there. Little spinny things that scientists use to separate mixtures that are made up of different densities. Cap shows up and goes, hey, don't do that. He's like, you're too late. He presses a button and there's like this trap door. Trap door leads to a robot. Cap fights the robot, he uses the robot to get back up through the trap Unless door. Unless fights the red horses that are never says, called no demons in the course karate. of the And Cap laughs and beats him at karate. Uh, But then he's like, fine, I'm going to press this button and it's going to kill everybody unless you agree, pinky swear, Thor style, to do what I say. And Cap's like, oh, I don't know what to do except to do what he says. So I give you my word. So Red Skull lets the bubble loose or let's freeze the city. But then he puts over this big announcement over the TV that Captain America is his new, I don't know if he calls him servant or partner or something like that. And Cap's like, Yeah i am and everybody's like oh he's a traitor next issue the last defeat calls him his partner in evil Co- partner and evil there you go well at least he doesn't call him his peon or something right right um and then captain america goes
1: and calls the avengers and tells them cosmic cube and then runs away
0: does he say anything about the cosmic cube in this issue though no 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 right yeah so th- yes yes exactly but i was wondering about that um Miss
1: garrulous means talkative to the point of annoyance, like talks too much. Oh, okay. Which I normally they would say that about like the writer, but I, I don't yeah. know. Does Gil Kane talk too much? I don't know.
0: I think they just were looking for a G word.
1: I guess so. Could
0: have been gregarious.
1: Um, at the beginning, which led us to the introduction of this guy through Glorious. dialogue. But what does this guy yeah, have to do know. with that?
0: Guerrilla combative. Galvanizing. Um, so like-, like. Golden. <sighs> I've read all these stories. I know I have. I used to own them, mm-hmm. you know? But then it's like, for some reason, when it comes to the Red Skull, I forgot how not great the sleeper thing was. I forgot how horrible he was with the Cosmic Cube. And I have zero memory of Bubble Skull. Like, this whole, <laughs> whole storyline to me is like, what is going on? I do not remember reading this. Is it because it's not Jack Kirby? Could be, or maybe it's because it ultimately goes nowhere, and who cares? So I just didn't commit it to memory. Like, it isn't really standing out to me as awesome. The bubble technology is kind of stupid. But, I kind of uh, feel
1: like Red Skull the way I feel with Doctor Doom. The stories aren't bad, but, like, your impression of the character is a lot stronger than the stories actually
0: make are, happen. So far, yes. Except I mean, we finally we... – we just had a really good Doctor Doom arc, though, finally. Right, right. We
1: had the cosmic power and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so speaking of Gil Kane and Jack Kirby, I was it's been a while since Kirby drew this strip, and I was starting to worry that did we did we finish the Kirby mm-hmm. run? or just not. So I checked, and of course he does come back in two issues. Great. And shortly after his return to the strip, the fifth Fantastic Four annual is released.
0: Oh, that's why he's gone.
1: That's probably mm-hmm. why he's Where's out. The he's navy, working on that. The little navy hat. Over um, there. And after that he's on cap until issue 109. So we okay. we still got almost half of his Captain America
0: work to do. I mean, the art's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's okay. But like this bubble thing is just whatever.
1: Yeah. It feels brainiac Like what's he going to do with the yeah. butt in the bubble? What's, I mean, what's, what's his plan well,
0: there? Yeah. What is the thing? He's going to press a button and they all die unless <sighs> – and then here we go again with this freaking Thor thing. Like unless you give me your word to serve me for 24 hours, I'll kill all these people. Cap should have said, sure, no problem. And as soon as he lets go of the bubble, he should have broke the guy's neck. Sorry, right. I lied. Whatever. So he's no one... going to
1: use the plastic <laughs> bubble to destroy city after city until the entire nation is on its knees before.
0: So it's terrorist attack.
1: But um. But I somehow guess Cap,
0: Cap serving him for twenty four hours is better than what he had because he had New York. He had won. New Maybe it's just really is.
1: horny for Cap.
0: What's he? Get? I guess we'll find out next issue what his plan is for the twenty four hours. What do you think about this whole Red Skull can't see people die and has to like walk away? He's done this
1: before. He's like, "Oh no, you're going to die! I must, I must avert my eyes and go to the next room."
0: Yeah, he did that with um, the suicide guy, which I actually thought was so dumb. If that was because he's squeamish, that's kind of weird.
1: Because remember, like early World War II stories, when he'd stare people in the eyes as Mm -hmm. they died.
0: I feel like the Red Skull I know would be fine with shooting people right in the face and watching, but Mm
1: -hmm. he would be the one who shot a man in Reno.
0: So I don't know if that's just an excuse for. Off-panel violence because of comics code or because – or an excuse to do like the (laughs) Dr. Evil thing and not watch Austin Power actually die. Yeah,
1: he got a Vaughn. Now he has a Wolfgang. Uh, But he didn't write – The thing is it definitely opens up some James Bond storytelling because he walks out. Captain America totally frees himself. And the next time we see Skull, he's like, yeah, Captain America's probably drowned. uh, Yeah. Not knowing that he's freed himself the entire time.
0: That seemed like a pretty easy way to – easy escape. But yeah, he probably drowned. And also, I love how the next panel is. Now I'll go to light speed. It's like uh, maybe you should have done that when he was holding the rope. That probably would have killed him.
1: And yeah, he uh, he convinces Cap to serve him for twenty four hours for whatever reason. I'm wondering, do you think that they both remember that time that Cap was hypnotized into serving the skull?
0: I, I do That know. was like
1: twenty issues ago.
0: Yeah, that was modern story. So I guess they could technically remember, but they haven't. Well, really it was a modern even... story set in the past, right? But they haven't like uh, waxed about um, old times really
1: they don't really do that do they
0: no i totally would yeah just to just to like stall him for a little while maybe anyway um, he could like mention
1: strucker and all sorts of stuff and they could yeah. have references to random stories we've never seen
0: yeah like that one time i encountered strucker even though i never did well i found out recently that
1: strucker is the one who made sure that red skull survived his hibernation and underneath that wreckage
0: really i don't think mm-hmm. i knew that Strucker's is interesting because, like, he's a fake Golden Age character, right? I mean, he's not really right. a Golden Age character. Same with Zemo.
1: Although I feel like he is fulfilling the pro- oh, they do they turn him into uh, uh-huh. a gladiator of not who's also in the Avengers.
0: Oh right, I forgot he was in Sergeant Fury. That was such a fake thing.
1: And you know, they revealed that he was the one who who was there when Bucky died and everything. But this is really taking somebody who. We are invested in as readers as a World War II character. And oh no, he's back in 1967. So, and cooler than ever. Very cool. Speaking of cool, that cover is really cool. Mm -hmm. You ready to move on to Strange Tales? Let's 157. Um, got a cover of Baron Strucker holding the Satan Claw over the world wrapped in the emblem of Hydra. Nick Fury is there. Captain Kirk Topless. And Laura Brown is present on the cover, and she's present on the splash page, and then you never
0: see her again. Nope. We don't need her. She's just a hostage.
1: I mean, literally, not to get into notes too early, but like, she's not even a damsel in distress. She's the MacGuffin. Uh huh. She is the chalice on the shelf that you really want to get to and like take.
0: You just brought her up right now. I legitimately was going to ask what Nick Fury was doing on this thing, I forgot. He is here to rescue her. That's his thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why he's here. Yeah, I forgot because they don't talk about it. Nick Fury, agent of
1: S.H.I.E.L.D. Supreme Headquarters, International Espionage Law Enforcement Division. Nick Fury has finally come face to face with the Supreme Hydra, his diabolic arch enemy from World War II, Merciless Baron Vaughn Strucker. I honestly don't know if we've had the Vaughn before this.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: that's true, huh? I feel like we haven't because I feel like my brain's registering that he has not been Von Strucker yet. But maybe maybe better chapter, I still didn't really like it. Does that make him cooler or okay. they're just
0: changing his surname?
1: It's a more nobility like, I think. Okay. I think that's one of the reasons. Um, but yeah. But the shield Ramrod has been captured. And after a mock trial before the tribunal of treachery, has been condemned for his relentless crusade against the monster hordes of Hydra as Fury lies helplessly strapped in a monstrous killer machine. The vengeful strucker releases a coruscating tempest of deadly alpha rays. Now, Nick Fury, the world, and you, Frantic One, are about to face the ultimate dot dot, dot Crisis. Um this is edited by Stan Lee, the Overlord, written and illustrated by Jim Staranko the Overseer, lettered by Sam Rosen, the Overworked. <laughs> So Laura's there, being held by a hydra goon. As Baron Strucker's like, "Yes, we're gonna kill Nick Fury," and then Shield will bow to the wrath of Hydra, and like all of Hydra's is surrounding them, all in their little you know, like Tomb of the Cybermen cells along the walls. Um, hydra Island is there, and while Baron Strucker is ranting and raving about how they're gonna kill Nick Fury, he turns around to do it, and Nick Fury's not there. He's gone. Fury's escaped. Meanwhile, back on the Helicarrier, all of S.H.I.E.L.D. is wondering what they're going to do. Uh, There were bomb explosions previous-ish on the Helicarrier. Stuff has been injured and destroyed. Um, um, Sitwell's in charge. (laughs) And he's got to find more bombs because there are more bombs on board the ship, and he's got to deactivate it. Even the side division is trying to find them. And he's just like, "Uh, uh, if only Colonel Fury were still alive, he'd know what to do. He died in that fiery blast. But no he didn't die. In fact, he is on Hydra Island. He's taken his invisible pill. He's beating up Hydra Goons while he's invisible. He turns visible again, but his shirt is still invisible. So, um he runs around all half naked, beating up Hydra Goons left, right and center. There's a fantastic splash page. Pow, patoom, patoom. shooting Hydra Goons. Um he uses one as a human shield, totally kills him, dives into a, a shuttle car um to I don't know. Travel through Hydra Island and I show I'm using it. Uh, there's this really cool scene of him like beating up Hydra Goons in nine panels and then he releases a hallucination cube, which makes all the Hydra Goons left, um, They breathe in this mind-bending vapor, which shows them these really weird psychedelic hallucinations to distract them, while Nick Fury runs along to find Strucker. And he does. He finds Baron Strucker. He's like, come here, I've been waiting a long time to get you where I can pulverize you. And Strucker's like, oh, you want to pulverize me? Well, I'm going to have my Satan Claw. And he puts on this red metallic claw that not only looks awesome, it also like shoots electricity at Nick Fury. Nick Fury tries to grab it and just touching it makes him uh, absorb a blast of shimmering doom. Also, it uh, um, this guy is basically doing to himself voluntarily what happened to Happy Hope, only more powerful. Uh, so Nick Fury and Strucker are fighting, but Strucker finally wins, beats Nick Fury down to the ground. And now observe as the electronic current pulses from the Satan claw to destroy you. My final act before I become master of the world. And Fury Snub, he can't even stand up. It looks like the end. Next issue, final encounter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The art is definitely moving up with each issue. It's, like Yes. This this seems a little bit like Starenko's take on Kirby action. But it's Storinko's mm-hmm. version, not just him drawing over Kirby layouts.
0: You can tell he's a creative guy and he's trying to do different things mm-hmm. than other people are doing. And sometimes it works for me and sometimes it doesn't. And I think that's just because he's What's new. What's an the example and he'll of one that works for you? Well, like the beginning here, it's bad storytelling in that we don't see Nick in his original position and we don't see Nick in his disappeared position. Mm, so it's almost yeah. like it's kind of confusing. There should have been a picture of him, how we left him in his little thing. Then there should have been a close-up of Hydra, or you know, uh, von, von Strucker doing his speech. And then the next shot should have been the capsule is now missing Nick and and von Strucker startled. But instead, we get like none of that. And so I'm just like, Nick Fury has escaped. Wait, when did that happen? What page? I don't know. Where'd it go? I didn't see that. And so that's makes so
1: you wonder, like, if he was right there in front of Strucker. Mm-hmm. Why
0: is he in a completely different part
1: of the facilities whenever he appears?
0: Yeah, because like this whole, this whole—that's the other thing. This whole uh, 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 thing is him working his way through, only to end up at Strucker again, which is where he started. So, and I—and like I said, I had forgot that the reason he's there is to find hostage lady. Mm-hmm. So the whole time I'm like, what is he there for? I wasn't quite remembering. And they don't really play that up. He says on page four that his
1: motivation was to cause a distraction in another area to get their attention away from Laura. So he swallowed his busy pill and ran off. Okay. And then he's going to cause a ruckus to like pull their attention away from her, which I guess, but like you said, we don't, we don't see enough of that to substantiate it.
0: I guess the first couple pages are the, the ones that bother me the most. Like even page three where Sitwell is just like, like, what exactly is he doing? He's squatting. Or something. I don't like know. Like on,
1: on that second panel or on the third? On
0: the third panel, for instance. I guess he's running looking for yeah. bombs or something. But it's just like a bunch of independent panels and they you basically have to go by the dialogue saying we are looking for bombs. Which, by the way, do a, they, a lot like, did that get um, established somewhere that Hydra planted more Starbuck bombs? Starbuck She got married to get The l- fact that l-
1: there were plural bombs was indicated last issue, yeah.
0: Okay. But then after that, it gets better. I like. I do think he does a good job of having Nick work his way through. There's a lot of cool splash pages. That one page on Seven where it's like a kung fu fight with a guy looks pretty mm-hmm. good. So I guess uh, what I'm hearing you say is that the
1: individual panels and the artwork is pretty great, but the way it strings together to tell a story
0: is not always clear. I think he's still working on that. I think he'll get there, yeah. though. But like he's still, um, like, the creativity is maybe getting in the way of communication sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you gotta be careful. You gotta be able to understand what's going on too. It's kind of important.
1: I was thinking the same thing. There's they're reaching for the cause reaching for the stars. A little bit different, uh-huh. but I don't know. I I like the people just sitting there like thinking really hard and scanning yep. mental waves.
0: Yep. That was cool to see again.
1: And I just love the over the top name of the Satan claw.
0: Yes. I've always wondered what that was. And maybe they'll get into it. Because I've seen it before in future issues. So I know he has it. But okay is it, just, is it just a robotic thing that is that that's like shoots heat power or what is it i guess it's just a robotic arm or hand i guess huh well it
1: fits over his hand so it's 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 a she it's like a, not an, it's like an iron
0: man glove yeah. yeah yeah i guess that's what it is okay but why is it called the satan's claw just because just to make it sound cool i think it's just a cool name <laughs> yeah yeah that's fine um
1: I'm just looking up real quick on Marvel Fandom, which I've decided is one of my favorite sites for information about Marvel yeah. uh, continuity and history everything. Um, is that the Wikipedia
0: for Marvel, basically? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: It gives him strength, electrical shocks. Uh, it's been damaged and destroyed, but then fixed and rebuilt. Sharon Carter wielded it at one point for a while. Hmm. Uh Arnim Zola helped design it.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So there is an origin to it somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm.
1: And Fury once uses a confiscated Satan Claw to battle a robot of Yellow Claw.
0: <laughs> awesome. Claw versus Claw.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Anyways, so that's the thing. Oh, it's even been in the um, MCU? Has it really? Hmm. Mechanical arm-like device worn by Baron Von Strucker when Captain America was unable to reach the cannon in time. He heads to the building housing the radio dish, encountering Baron Strucker. Uh, uh, Cap plants charges along the steel support beams of the radio dish tower to destroy it. Struck intercepts him, engaging in a fist fight, using the claw to attack him. Wow. So I think he's wearing a metal glove in that fist fight, but it's never specifically identified as being a Satan Claw.
0: I think that fight lasted 0.01 seconds. So I guess in the MCU, the Satan's Claw isn't that big a deal.
1: Oh, that's actually in an MCU tie-in comic.
0: Oh, okay. That's different. Captain America's super soldier. Because the fight with – I remember the fight. The What hurt him the most was Wanda knocking him down the stairs. And then when he got back up, mm-hmm. or Strucker's like, "Yeah, you can't beat me." So Cap just like kicked his shield into his throat, and it was over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lies. Not even a tie-in comic. It's a video game tie-in.
0: Oh, okay. So we'll never get to that.
1: Yeah. So uh, I, who does
0: video games? That's the one thing neither one of us are nerdy about. I don't think.
1: No, I wish I were more so because I have the Spider-Man game, and I've played a good hour of it. But like, and by an hour, I mean I've played it for an hour. I mean I've played through like an hour of gameplay. But like. It took me like four. <laughs>
0: right. Um, so I've, I've, you know, played it for a while. I just, I don't, I don't take time to do video games. I know. I just bought that for my son for Christmas too. And it's like, I told mm. him, I'm going to play this once in a while. And he's like, okay. But it's like, when, when am I going to sit there and do that? I'm never going to do that. Like, okay. um, the only other note I have is that they talk like they haven't met
1: since World War II. And as far as we know, at this point, they haven't.
0: Uh, Fury yeah. and Struggle. he yeah.
1: He's been missing. But for what it's worth, there are a number of intervening appearances and in later stories of, of Strucker that take place between then and now, mm. and maybe he just never sees Fury in any of them. But I know he's going to be in another Sergeant Fury issue way down the road. Um, so I'm curious to see how they handle those things because right now it feels because, like they haven't seen each other since then.
0: Well, and we're back, the back to the age thing, which doesn't really have, apply here We have to do it as much as it and you will have later. the guy in between, so it's like balancing. Is there any secret backstory that we get someday that talks about how Strucker survived World War II to be in modern-day mm. S.H.I.E.L.D. adventures? Or is he just really old? Because right now they could be about the same age. I don't think there's any mention that Nick is, young, too, is younger than he should be right now. He's probably in his 40s, right? Right. But someday he's going to have to have some sort of injection
1: is that why his face is all craggy and lined? But it was, it was kind of lined it, back in the day, yeah, wasn't it?
0: I think that's just because he's an evil villain, yeah. I don't think mm. they're trying to suggest that he's older than Nick, because why would he be at this point? <laughs> it was about- but Someday, as with all these ex-Nazis, they got to figure out how they're still alive in 2020.
1: Right. I'm scrolling through his page to see if it explains. Um-
0: like, I think in the case of Zemo, the original, they're just like, eh, he's old. You can't tell under the mask anyway. And Red Skull turned out to be old. But see, even that story won't work eventually. Like, at some point, all these people who survived World War II will be too old to be alive, naturally.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, Shall we see what Doctor Strange is up to?
0: I guess. Chewbacca Ferengi. (laughs) With a forelock. (laughs) With a forelock. The End of the Ancient One.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Produced by the masters of Mythopoeia.
0: Oh. Spellbinding
1: Stanley and Magical Marie Severin, inking Herb Trimpey, lettering Artie Simic, by their amulets ye shall know them. In order to vanquish the unspeakable Umar, Doctor Strange has liberated Zom from an imprisonment of ages. But now with Umar gone, the monstrous Zom threatens to become the deadliest mess of all. They set loose a monster to fight the monster, but they still have to deal with the monster. Okay, so we start out, uh, we're in Stonehenge fighting, and Zom basically kills the Ancient One. Merges him with one of the vertical stone slabs of Stonehenge. And there's this one creepy scene where, like, you can see his face still moving in the stone. He's like, before I am lost forever, I have only the strength enough to say, the forelock to beware. And he dies. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Strange is like, well, crap. Um, So he and Zom fight. Uh, the ancient one's face disappears from the stone, which is how Doctor Strange knows he's really, really gone. He's wanting the forelock. Wait a second. Does he mean that big old ponytail coming out of the top of Zom's head? Could that be the forelock? It's, it's not so much four as it is on top. Like it's not coming out of the front of his head.
0: Like a Maybe top it's like those
1: Andorians lock. in Star Trek. Do their antenna come out from the back of their head or from the front of their head? Depends on which series you're watching. Um, so yeah, he goes up and basically Samson's, this guy's hair. And was like, no, you cut off my hair. I will cut off your cape. And so he does, he rips Nick Fury's, uh, Dick Fury's Dr. Strange's cape, sets it on fire. Um, Dr. Strange realizes he has more power than he expected enough to maybe actually beat this guy. Um, then he sends a, a kaleidoscope of images of people. Um, they're practitioners of mystical arts. They feel the growing aura of evil, but he does not know what the mystery is. What is the as He sees the forelock, but Zom is attacking. Um, and he starts saying, Zom's like, nothing can halt the coming of the living tribunal. Now that he has lost his hair, like, there's this other force that's coming to earth known as the living tribunal. And so Dr. Strange um, is fighting Zom and suddenly Zom stops because there's this voice that rings out, hold the hour has come for judgment. And this big glowing light comes up and Tasha like, I, I'm more powerful than I was, but I still can't stop this guy. And the voice says, Zom, you're done. Get out of here. And Tasha like, okay, what is this? Who is this? And um, the voice is like, okay, you set free and severed his forelock that wakened a sense of evil which had slumbered for ages in the bosom of the mystics of mankind. Because of one mortal's fateful act, a grave new danger now threatens the worlds beyond worlds. For what you have done, hapless mortal you and the entire planet earth must be totally destroyed. Such is the judgment of the living tribunal. And we get this full page shot of this um, golden being with a triple head floating over his body. There's no neck. Who needs necks these days
0: anyway? Next, the Sands of Death. If you pick your favorite comic character based on how powerful they are, I always say pick the Living Tribunal.
1: Yeah? Yeah. I mean, he's
0: basically God in the Marvel Universe, right? Basically. I think he's just the the ultimate judgment. Um, cool shot, though. I like this first image of him ever. It's very angular. I would yeah. almost
1: not be surprised if this had been a Ditko drawing. Uh-huh or didko design at least but maybe it's it not, was. We're, we're we're well
0: past ditko at this point maybe they scoured through his drafting table and found a doodle or something pilford um yeah pilford i feel like i'm really kind of digging this story except it's not quite great like they could have done mm-hmm. a little better but it's got elements of good in it well like the the shield story it is
1: largely a fight against the main person mm-hmm. um but I f- like you said, it feels like it's just not quite there. Mm. Uh, did, did not hate this at all. Did not dislike it nearly as much as I have been Doctor Strange in the past.
0: Um, it was all right. It was enjoyable. Like if you said to somebody, you know, there's this all-powerful sorceress. Her name is Umar, and she was the brother of Dormammu, and she wants payback. So she came to Earth, and she was unstoppable. And so the Ancient One sent Doctor Strange to this weird place where he released an even more unstoppable beast to fight the bat you know umar is the only way to stop umar but now they have to stop this beast that sounds pretty good mm-hmm. but it's just like the way they're telling it or the pacing or something is not quite great but it's good i like that the ancient one sac. he says he sacrifices himself you're right it does look like uh what's his name ferengi guy just kills him but either way dr strange gets his power however mm-hmm. that works so that's kind of cool. Now we have an even stronger wizard than we did before, right? Whatever that. We're means. going
1: to uh, find. Well, hmm, never mind. Not going to say that. Mm. Spoilers. Um, okay, I know what a forelock is, mm-hmm. but they were saying it so much, <laughs> and I wasn't entirely sure that Zom's hair qualified as a forelock.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. Certainly, in the shot where uh, Doctor Strange actually severs it, it does look like it's coming out of his forehead. But most of the shots, it looks like it's coming out of the top of his head. So I didn't think forelock. Um, but they say the word so many times.
0: I like on two where he throws the ancient one in the wall and you can see him being absorbed. He's like, Remember, my son, my power now is yours. Use it wisely and await the coming of the castle of. Uh. And then. Wait, which, which castle is it? And Dr. Straight's like, Wait, What did he say? And then his head pokes out and he goes, The forelock. And then he dies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to see Superman spit curl come save the day. But evidently yeah. that's not the forelock uh, they're
0: looking for. So are they saying that because he took the forelock off the head, that's what summons the living tribunal? Somehow, some way, this hair being burned off of his head like unleashes some sort of evil force unseen? And the ancient one thinks it's a good idea that the living tribunal... Show up, apparently.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because his first words are to await the coming of. And then before he
0: dies, is like, forelock. Now, maybe it is good, because this dude is definitely bad, and the Tribunal does take care of him. hmm So maybe Doctor Strange can talk his way out of punishment or, you know, saving yeah, the Earth or whatever.
1: Yeah, because Living Tribunal is ready to destroy the entire planet. Um, yeah. But he's probably
0: a little more fair than this guy.
1: Probably.
0: Maybe. Although...
1: He has multiple faces like the Quintessons from Transformers, and Uh they're not fair.
0: Um, The Quintessons have his face, actually. Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. Um, Guilty or innocent? Innocent. innocent. No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They're going
1: to be in the next Transformers season, The War for Cybertron on Netflix. They're going to be. Oh, really?
0: Wow.
1: I'm kind of torn because um, Keenan hasn't seen the movie. What? Well, not in recent years. He saw it when he was younger. Oh, okay. But he doesn't know stuff like Megatron is Galvatron. Oh wow. He's forgotten all that. So I don't want to watch War for Cybertron until he's able to experience those stories till the Living Tribunal's gotta wage uh-huh. a battle with a toy robot who doesn't exist until after we've started season three of the cartoon. We'll see how we'll see if I can make him wait that long.
0: Did Rom like kill Doctor Strange's cute cape? Uh, it looked like it, right? Right.
1: Although it's um, Zom, not Rom. It's not a but, space knight. Uh, no, I know. I'm just looking. It looks like but he's- Rom is a
0: Ferengi and he looks oh, like yeah, Ferengi. Oh, yeah.
1: You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. Can he have forgotten he, what time, uh Yeah, he just sits there holding his burning cape and then there's no more cape after that.
0: And he doesn't wear it again. I assume he gets it back because he has it later right. someday. But maybe he's not wearing it right now. He's this is so a new one like Spider-Man. No, the Living Tribunal will gift him- a reborn cape or something
1: with his not entirely separate fingers. Look at his hands.
0: Yeah. You know what? He looks like (laughs) wrong. He, he doesn't look quite the way I think of him now, but it was just a cool style choice for like the first appearance. Yeah, It's kind of neat.
1: And I don't know about you, but this is another one of those cosmic characters that I first met in the infinity war.
0: Exactly. That is, he's the one who judged who, what to do with the stones when it was all said and Mm -hmm. done, which makes me think like, Traditionally – I mean I don't know how powerful this this weird beast thing is. Apparently very powerful. But it does seem like a little below the Living Tribunal's pay grade to bother with it. Right. News.
1: But we have, have we have now met three of the cosmic giants who were at that council meeting. Eternity, mm-hmm. Living Tribunal, and The Stranger.
0: Right. Um, we ready to – No Watcher. Where's the Watcher? You think this would be a big deal if the Tribunal's around? The Watcher should show up. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Fantastic roll, I'm fall, ready. Number 63 – Blastar, the living bomb burst. Um I just said that, Blastar, the living bomb burst. It finally happened The Human Torch and Crystal have found each other. Mr. Fantastic has been rescued from the deadly negative zone by the water-breathing Triton. But can they now settle back and enjoy a well-deserved rest? Sure they can, for about two seconds, until... Let's face it, Sam, the man, Lee, and Jack King Kirby have done it Seems again and so bad have. Bad Inker, is- Sam Rosen letterer. The until was suddenly there's a blast from the ceiling and everybody's surprised and things like, is Johnny doing that? <laughs> anyway, um, Reed Richards goes up there and investigate. He gets blasted. So then Triton goes up there with his air gun and he finds Blastar. Is that his name? Blaster? Blastar. Blastar. And Sandman, who we were there, we, you know, pay attention last, last issue. Um, and he's like, wow, this dude really blasts things. But I think at some point already Reed has theorized that this dude has escaped from the negative zone. So with that thinking, Triton's like, maybe he's never punched anything before. So he starts punching uh, Blastar a lot and it's working. Until Sandman like hits him with sand, at which point is like, ooh, I like this punching thing. It's cool. And he does it back, and he's very strong. So Triton is out. Um, then Sandman just picks him up with a giant sand arm and walks him down the building. I don't know what their plan is. I guess just to walk through the city and be awesome. So they're doing that. The cops, though, have experienced Sandman so many times before that they actually now have a gun that they can use. They can bust out when he's around. It's like a cement gun. And it does work. It starts solidifying him, and he can't move. So Blastar blasts him out of it, and then Blastar blasts all the cops, at which point Human Torch, who was walking around on a date for the first time with Crystal, comes along. He flames on. They get into a big fight. Uh, the human torch gets taken out by Sandman but just in time the thing shows up and he starts hammering on both of them torch hammers on both of them it's a really cool epic fight um, we cut back to Reed who puts Triton in a tank with some cool Star Wars medicine in it and then he like is like well I can't beat we, I don't think we could beat these guys physically so once again I'm going to come up with an awesome gadget um, Thing is actually doing very well against Blastar so To get rid of him, Sandman rolls him up into like a cylinder of sand and rolls him towards the pier. Blaster tries to get rapey with Crystal, so she knocks him down. Human Torch and Blaster start fighting, kind of trading energy back and forth. So it becomes like this big, powerful ball of energy. Crystal can't even look at it. It's so intense. Um, The Sandman takes Thing to the pier. Thing passes out from all the spinning. But then he wakes up because Sandman just tosses him in the water. So he wakes up and he breaks the dock that the Sandman is standing on and Sandman falls into the water and he gives him a really powerful thing punch, which splatters his uh, density everywhere and the water kind of like takes his sand in different directions. So basically the thing just killed Sandman probably forever. Right, guys? Wink, wink. 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 Um, Meanwhile, Human Torch and Crystal are doing their best, but finally Invisible Girl and – Reed Richards show up, and between the four of them, Fantastic Four minus the thing, but plus crystal, they manage to distract the powerful Blastar enough for Reed to finally plant a helmet doohickey on Blaster's head, which nullifies his ability to, uh, you know, level up energy, which basically just makes him like a normal person, at which point Reed himself knocks out Blastar and... Uh, they ask Ben to pick him up and take him back home, to which he does, with, you know, while complaining. The end. Next issue The Century Sinister. That's a century like the guard, not like the 100 years. Yeah, right. Century like the superhero that Stan invented around this time that we never knew about.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe Actually, not. do you know what the century is here that they're going to be doing? No, I don't. Okay.
0: Um, But it's not that guy. No, it's not
1: that guy. But it is something I've been looking forward to because it unlocks a new quarter of the Marvel Universe. Okay. We'll talk more about that when we get there.
0: Well, I really enjoyed this issue. This was quite awesome. This was pretty
1: heck of fun. Sandman and Blastar wasted no time. Blastar gets up there at the top of the uh, building last
0: issue. and like 30 seconds Uh later, they
1: blast down through the ceiling. Yeah, let's get
0: this on! That did kind of bum me out a little because... For some reason, it seemed like they were setting up this idea that Blaster just escapes unbeknownst to the Fantastic Four, and I kind of thought there'd be like just some subplot for a while of him going around ruining things without them realizing he's oh, out there, yeah. you know. But then they just decided, nah, let's just make him the villain, and that was fine because it was a fun fight. So
1: these three issues basically follow on each other in pretty quick succession without any breaks, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty great. Um, okay, okay, okay. Triton,
0: yes, he can fly. He could fly with a gun,
1: air gun or something. Air gun. Now, I'll buy you're in space and the air gun like propels you forward. (laughs) Right. But to propel you against gravity,
0: no. Yeah. I did like the punching thing, though. That was pretty cool. How Blastar learns how to punch for the first time? How Triton punches the heck out of Blastar for a while. Yes. He doesn't get away with it anymore. And Blastar's like, I have never made fists before. That was that was fun. This is awesome. I'm going to do more fists. I'll do more fisting. <laughs> <sighs> somebody had to say it. Uh, yep, somebody had to say it. Um, it's funny, like, they keep, you know, every time there's a villain teaming up with another villain, they always try and be top dog. And actually, Sandman actually does a pretty good job of not trying to be top dog. Uh, but Blaster's constantly accusing him of, like, trying to take over. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like – I think Sandman is more powerful than Bluster. Does he not realize that? But I could be well, wrong. Well,
1: Blastar is just like really generically strong. He's strong and he blasts He's strong things. and he blasts things.
0: I feel like Sandman has way more going on than that. But I also feel like Sandman was just kind of like amused and going along with it just to see where it goes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Okay. So I don't know. The whole, like, I've never punched somebody before, and I'll bet if he's an alien. He's never punched anybody before. It's just kind of mm-hmm. weird because, like, I, I get it. If you have energy blasts that shoot out of your hands, you've probably never mm-hmm. needed to punch anybody before. But the idea of closing your fingers into fists to hit somebody like a club just mm-hmm. seems so instinctual, like babies do it, you know?
0: <laughs> right. I have never fought with my knuckles bent in the form of fists before. Mm-hmm. Then why do you have knuckles? <laughs> <laughs> what are they there for? Okay. So if Blastar were... It's weird. Like, I think you said last issue, like, this is kind of a generic Kirby design, this Blastar mm-hmm. guy. Um, and I do agree with you. It is kind of generic. But he does have this... Uh, he does ooze, like, super powerful, though, too. He does. I don't and know. And he's
1: memorable. For being so generic and nondescript, yeah. you remember Blastar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now... Is he that different from Calabac? I don't know.
0: No. Or that one giant Muppet in the Muppet movie <laughs> that was chasing them that whole time.
1: Yeah.
0: That's Blastar.
1: Okay. So if the giant Muppet from the Muppet movie were to like blast things from his hands, would you want to mm-hmm. see like the energy blast come out of the hand? Or is he just going to like gesture and make explosions?
0: I would rather see it come out
1: of the hands. That looks cooler, right? I wondering. I was wondering. Cause some a couple of times there's like he just points and makes
0: explosions and I wasn't sure. Oh really? Yeah. No, I think it needs to come out of his finger. Yeah, Kirby's drawing it that way. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Like this was what was cool about this is like all the Fantastic, except for uh, I'm going to complain about that in a second. But unlike that last issue where the Fantastic Four do nothing and Triton and Crystal are the hero and they're just like worthless. Like this issue, they they are all shining in what they do best, kind Mm -hmm. of. Except. LaSai, Invisible Girl, not only does nothing, which is a real shame, but in the end she apologizes for being feminine. <sighs> like literally that word. Forgive me for suddenly turning feminine. I wasn't even sure what and she then she's meant like, by that. Because she's just standing there. She does like block one of his blasts with her force field, but that's it. That's the only thing she does.
1: Um, I felt like she did a couple of things, but turning feminine, like –
0: I didn't even get what that means either. You're right. I thought it just meant she felt like she was weak in that fight. Yeah,
1: I thought maybe like, like there's a moment for her to shine and she faltered. So I was, was like paging mm-hmm. back through trying to find that. and I couldn't find it. So I wasn't sure if like her sort of having a adrenaline crash emotional moment at the end, which isn't
0: feminine. Mm-hmm.
1: It's completely natural. Um, to just like, you know, get the shakes after a really, really tense, you know, situation.
0: Well, way back on page two, she does say it's my fault. I should have thrown an invisible force field around him, but everything happened so fast. But I don't know if that's what she's talking about because that was a long time. Yeah, and
1: I, I wouldn't – I mean, I wouldn't fault her for that. I don't know. It's really no. weird. It doesn't need to happen whatsoever. And I kind of no. feel like giving it a big middle finger to that
0: panel. It's a bad dialogue. But not only that, it, it is wasted opportunity to see her not do anything because I want her to do something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But everybody else got to do cool stuff. Human Torch. Mr. Fantastic got to invent the thing. I like when he invents a thing. Thing, like, really shined. He not only takes out some or the Sandman, but, like, even Blastar was, like, struggling against him. And
1: Sandman got to steamroll the thing, like, curled up around him. That's pretty nice. Yes.
0: Okay, that was great, So let's talk too. about some,
1: some, some Sandman stuff here. Um, Sandman's clothing is part of him. It's, like, his outer layer, except for this mm-hmm. green... Chest piece that he's wearing now, which mm. I kind of thought was part of his sandiness two issues ago whenever he was fighting, but now mm-hmm. um, the thing dumps the Sandman out of his green armor.
0: <laughs> and right. later the Sandman is all the topless. You know, he does say he got something from the wizard, so that must be what it is, right?
1: I just don't know if it's consistent with what we saw two issues ago. I guess I should have gone go look and looked at two issues ago.
0: He mentioned something about. Something the wizard gave him in this issue, but I can't remember what where, where that was now. Um, page nineteen. Whenever reads like Sue,
1: Johnny, Crystal, never mind me. Save yourselves. I'll keep him busy while you make it to shelter. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't love that sacrifice play because you're not. You're not going to hold him off by yourself because mm. you can't. That's the problem. That's what you just realized. And and what shelter like. Where are they going to hide where Blastar can't find them? Is Reed suggesting they just go, let the world die at Blastar's hands while they cower? I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, if that was Captain America, he'd say, Sue, Johnny, Crystal, execute maneuver 6A. Mm-hmm. And then they would do that. And then he would put the helmet on the thing's head, or the Blastar's head. And yeah, he's being too like self-sacrificing in a way that's not actually going to help anybody. Right. Plus, they're all fellow superheroes, so they should be willing to take on danger. Mm-hmm. So that bothered me, Uh, but it's okay. Yeah. I like the crystal reaction because he did get a little gross right here on page 14. He's like, ah, this world does have females. Like, what does that mean? Right. As he grabs crystal.
1: And is it, is it weird to you when alien beings are attracted sexually to human females?
0: Well, seeing as I've been attracted to many an alien being, I guess (laughs) not. (laughs) Fair, fair point. (laughs) I don't know how that works exactly, but it works. But I like that she just, like, knocks him on his butt. That was That cool. was cool.
1: Um, what else?
0: They went on a date for three whole point zero seconds.
1: Uh, Sue and uh, – not Sue, but uh, Crystal and Johnny?
0: Yeah. I don't know when they had time to do that between panels, given that it just immediately – they attacked. But yeah, I guess they just ran we off. We saw them
1: walking out the door, so maybe they just had just enough time to get to the bottom of the uh, elevator.
0: Mm-hmm. But, like – not a lot of time. Let's put on, let's put on trench coats and go to dinner.
1: Yeah, Johnny's so excited to take Crystal out to dinner that he throws a coat over his Fantastic Four outfit. She's in her yellow tights. They're not dressing up. Uh-huh. Um, they're just going to go in what they're wearing. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, he is a public figure. I guess he doesn't have to hide too. I guess hard. not. Okay, are we good? Yeah. Great issue. Great issue minus that little bit towards the end. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
0: The Avengers 40.
1: Suddenly, the Submariner.
0: Yeah. All right. Um,
1: In the aftermath of their life and death struggle with the mad thinkers, triumvirate of terror, life and death. (laughs) Stanley, you're funny. Or Roy Thomas, I guess. You're funny. The victorious Avengers turned their attention to the somewhat more plebeian pastime known as Operation Cleanup. Stanley pontifically presents and presides over a Roy Thomas Don Heck majestic maritime masterwork. Inked in Sub-Oceanic Splendor by George Bell. Lettered in a brimful bubble bath by Sam Rosen. Um, they're looking at the demolished Avengers headquarters. Like, we've got to do stuff. Clean it up. Um, Wanda is fe- seeming it pale. And wan, and everybody on the team is like, Wanda, are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. Dude. Leave me alone. Seldom has such a cataphonic conflict been so clamorously craved, and seldom has even magniloquent marvel so cogently and creatively complied. Nuff said. Thus let the wow. dynamic developments commence. All right. So, um, they start cleaning up. Uh, Quicksilver does a few speed gags. Hawkeye's like, where are we going to get the Quicksilver? Stop sitting around. We got all this stuff cleaned up. And Quicksilver's like, look over there. And like, everything's all piled up and ready to go to the trash. Um, Wanda's carrying a bunch of, uh, a piece of junk and she's like, Pietro, help me. I feel faint. And she passes out. And they're like, what is going on with Wanda? So they all carry her up. Hercules is like, even unconscious. She's so beautiful. And everyone's like, Herc, stop perving. On the Unconscious Woman. Um, Hawkeye's like, I also knew a beautiful one once. I wish I had the Black Widow back. Oh, no. Um, Speaking of the Black Widow, she flies over to steal some subplans for S.H.I.E.L.D. And General Ross is like, we got to catch her. Also, I've got to find the Hulk. And Hawkeye's like, I wonder where Black Widow is. Uh, Meanwhile, Namor is just like having an arena fight with his... um, Soldiers, because that's what you do. You just have gladiator fights Uh when you're actually securing your throne in Atlantis. You just, like, play. So he's playing. And Vashi's like, hey, um, Prince Namor, there's a submarine approaching. And um, Namor's like, what's it doing? (gasps) It's shooting a torpedo. I'm going to go stop it, Imperius Rex. And uh, it's shooting a torpedo at the coral reef. So Namor goes out there and stops the um, missiles. The submarine is like, Oh no, you don't full speed ahead. We're going after the submariner. So Namor's like, Oh no, they're coming after me. okay. What am I going to do? Um, let them chase me. That's fine. I can do that. Um, so it, ch- uh, the submarine chases Namor and gets stuck in, um, some like really, really, really thick seaweed that I guess they didn't see coming and didn't try to dodge, but now they're, they're stuck. Um, so the people down there are just kind of like, huh. I hope we don't die down here in this submarine. And Namor swims off. Ha 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 ha. But his hybrid senses can tell that they're sending messages somewhere. And he wonders where they're sending a message. Meanwhile, at Avengers HQ, um, the Avengers have been watching the television and they've heard that Captain America is in league with the Red Skull. Oh no. And then Wasp is like, Hey y'all, Skype's calling. Uh, they turn on the Skype, hit the little green button. Do, 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 do. And it's Captain America hey, it's Captain America. So are you really working for the Red Skull or are you totally chill? He's like, yeah, I'm totally chill. But hey, before I go, Cosmic Cube. Cosmic Cube, what's that? Everybody got to go. So (laughs) they're like, well, crap, Cosmic Cube, that sounds dangerous. We can't let anybody get that. Uh, They look at the files. They read about the Cosmic Cube. And... um, they decide they have to go find it. It's somewhere in the world. We don't know where they're going to go find it. Uh, they tell Haw Quicksilver to stay with his sister while she's uh, unconscious. And they set out to both find the um, cosmic cube and to maybe stop Namor. Um, Namor is causing problems at a naval station. Um Goliath and the Wasp go to stop him. They're fighting Namor. Namor's winning. Hawkeye shoots um, an electrical charge arrow on him, which stuns him, but he falls in the water and he's fine. So he comes back up and punches Hawkeye out. And Hercules is like, are you trying to get the cosmic cube? Because I'm going to stop you. And Namor's like, I have no idea what a cosmic cube is, but um, if the Avengers want it, so do I. And so um Namor basically flies off into the ocean, and the image is like, whew, okay, uh, now we gotta go find that cube, now that he's all done messing with us. Meanwhile, Hank is glowering at Hercules, because he mentioned the cosmic cube, and Namor wouldn't even know what it was, if if Hercules hadn't said something. And Namor's like, fishies! Hey, looking for a, um, looking for a cube. It's shaped like a cube, and it's probably a little cosmic. Have y'all seen it? And the fish is like, ooh, cube, cosmic cube, cosmic... He's- <gasps> Namor, it's over here. And Namor's like, finally, I've got this cosmic cube thing. You know, what is it? Hmm. Holding it. Does it transport me? Does it what can I do? Can I command a water spout with it? And so this water spout shoots him out of the water. He's like, I can make anything happen with this. I want a muffin button. And a button shows up and he pushes the button, he gets a muffin. Pushes the button, and gets a muffin. Pushes the, and anyways, um, no, there's not really a muffin button. But um Namor does go after the Avengers who I believe have successfully rescued their submarine. Um, but he attacks them with an Amalga beast, which is like, um, like various amphibious fish-like creatures combining together into one beast, including four um, tentacles like an octopus or squid. And it goes after all the Avengers. And um, there's a fight that basically the Wasp wins Because one of the things that Namor does when he has this cube before he goes into the fight is, like, I can't hold this cube while I'm fighting. I wonder if I can make it change its shape. And he wills the cube into a pendant, which he puts on a chain around his neck. So he's still touching it, but he's all powerful. And the Wasp is like, I wonder, that pendant looks suspicious. So she flies over and shoots the pendant with her stinger, breaks the chain it's, it's on. Namor loses all of the extra power and the cube falls into a crack in the earth and Namor jumps away because he's not ready to fight all of the Avengers right now. Namor swims off. The Avengers are like, like, that's done. And the mole man down below at the core of the earth sees this little cube shaped trinket down below. He's like, huh? what's this? It's stupid. It's like a child's building block. Doesn't even have any Lego things on it. I'm not going to keep this. He just like tosses it away. Next issue, Diablo and the Dragon Man.
0: Yes. Not quite as tight as Fantastic Four, but also a very enjoyable issue.
1: Yeah. I like this. Um, I like how they're slowly bringing Hercules in. Like, he did not assume he was mm-hmm. going to go on the team mission, but they're like, hey, come on. We're going to we're gonna go punch some people. You want to punch some people? He's like,
0: yeah, I like punching. So Hercules is great. I love him in this title, now that he's a regular-ish. Um, I was thinking about him like, cause he helped, he like, yes, he's a boastful dude. And sometimes he's an arrogant guy. Although is it really arrogance if you're not wrong? Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, he also helps them like clean up and they're all like, you don't even need to do that. You're not, you weren't even part of this. You actually, you just saved all our lives. Why don't you just go relax? Like, no, I want to repay you guys for your hospitality. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then later, like, I want to go with you guys to help you out. And then later it's like, Hey, you're fighting my new friends. You're going to have to. Get slapped, you know? Um, And I just got to thinking, like, yes, he is arrogant. He is boastful. He likes to party. But he's also, he's got humility Mm -hmm. or a humbleness to him. And I was wondering, like, we've compared him to Thor before. And Thor is, of course, a lot more serious. Um, But at some point, and I've never read this story, so I don't know. But at some point, Thor loses humility to the point where his daddy says, I'm going to make you a lame human for 20 years right? so like that never happens to hercules so does that make hercules a better person
1: i don't know <laughs> I, I don't feel like he is a better person like i feel like he's always like just a little bit gross
0: yeah a little bit hot-headed a little bit and maybe maybe just right now he's humble because his dad just exiled him for a year oh uh, you know <laughs> what
1: if he heard about what happened to thor and he's trying to play the same card if I just play the humility Maybe. card, dad will let me go back home. Well, no, he know he knows Maybe. he's stuck here for a year. He knows that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also has a habit of like all of the Avengers losing a fight and he jumps in and saves the day. It happened last issue. Mm-hmm. It happens in the
0: first fight in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's such a great page, man. That page made me so happy. Mm-hmm. Page thir- 13 was just like, come get some. I don't know. That was really cool to me. And like I've said before, there 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 is a a history of them not getting along, and this is the beginning of it. So a Hercules-Namor fight is always fun. Um,
1: speaking of Namor, uh, we also have General Ross in this, so there's a Hulk tie-in as well. Both our Hulk uh-huh. and Namor strips came to a tidy conclusion in the uh-huh. most recent issue of Astonish, which was earlier this month. So the Ross and Namor bits here fit very nicely between issue 91 mm. and next month's issue 92 mm-hmm. no uh, no continuity gymnastics necessary
0: i really hope scarlet witch doesn't just have the vapors yeah i i but
1: can't remember what's going an on actual her problem here. we're way too early for agatha well, harkness and that sort of thing
0: yeah her her powers got feedback on her last issue mm-hmm. so it could just be that but i hope it's like not just cuz she's feeling tired. Yeah. And next issue they'll forget about it. Well, if
1: they're doing this it it really needs to be for a reason, right? They need to do something with her.
0: Right. Right. So, do you think human humans as a race by now should realize that Atlantis is not a mobile country? It actually is always in this one set of latitude or longitude and let's not go there anymore? Right. Like
1: you know how to stay out of Russia, right? So, yeah. just don't go near Atlantis.
0: Right. Let's stop testing missiles anywhere near this area right here in this map.
1: Although you got to love the uh, the underwater electronics, again, (laughs) that are being used to spy on these Mm -hmm. guys. Like, how does that even work?
0: And then, of course, the leader of this submarine or whatever. It's like, oh, you're going to attack me? I'm going to attack you back even harder. Go military.
1: I do love that we intersect with the Captain America
0: story. Yes. (laughs) But, kind of. The
1: Cosmic Cube. I mean, could there be some other way of, I mean, you'd even have to have Captain America mention the Cosmic Cube. The Avengers could leave headquarters to go stop Namor because that's already a known threat. And that's what, actually, in art, that's exactly what they do. They go attack Namor. They just talk about how they're looking for the Cosmic Cube.
0: I don't I don't mind the hunt for the cosmic cube. That's kind of a cool idea, especially since it is just on the bottom of the ocean, so anybody could find mm-hmm. it, which is a bad thing. I just wish in Tales of Suspense there was some mention of right. it. Right. Like like if the red hole red skull had said like red hole. If the red hole had said the red a hole had said uh and after I'm done bubbling all the cities, I'm gonna get around to finding that cosmic cube that we left on the mm-hmm. ocean somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. And then now Cap's like, okay, quick Avengers. Well, I can. Here's the coordinates to the last time I saw the Cosmic Cube. Can you go grab that sucker? Or even
1: if even if he said something here that indicated, oh, I'm finding the Red Skull. Last time I fought him, he had the Cosmic Cube. I really got to make yeah. sure he can't get that again. I better call the Avengers. Yeah. So if he said something here that indicated that he was like, whatever Red Skull is doing, I've got to keep the Cosmic Cube. So can y'all go try to find it? So, yeah, it's just yeah. – it's not the hunt for the cosmic cube that I, I don't like. It's the out of nowhereness of it.
0: Right. It's just one panel is the problem. If they had built it up somehow, right. it would have been better. But Hawkeye is- – And I do love that that Namor has no idea and they all assume that he – or they don't all assume, but Hercules assumes. And then that just makes disaster. That was pretty fun. Um, Hawkeye's
1: super cute with Captain America now. He's like mm-hmm. And even, Hank even points out, he's like, I, I thought you hated that guy. He's like, yeah, I grew up. Whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, my eyesight's <laughs> improved. Um, so Namer is at this base because he's assuming that's where the submarine came from. Is that why he's there? Uh, that's so. a fantastic question. Because um, let's see, he he sticks, he gets the submarine stuck in the in the weeds. He goes there to talk to the leader. Oh, thus I shall follow the radio beams to their destination and destroy all crafts there. So uh, that's okay. why he's there. So the naval base is right next to where the Cosmic Cube fell into the water. Right Now,
1: I'm just paging forward. Do we actually know that
0: they saved the submarine? No, I don't think anybody saved the submarine. Those guys are dead. Oh, all right. Because Namor at one point disappears to go look for the cube, and, they're, and they talk to the military, but all they're talking about is how the military is going to rally its troops and take on Namor again. But then the Avengers are like, actually, we can do that. Hmm. They're like, yeah, yeah, good idea. I'm glad you actually volunteered. We were just fishing. Okay. Here's a here's a thing I really like. Namor has the amulet and he creates this beast to take on the Avengers so that he can go one-on-one with Hercules again. Mm. Um, and he's using the cube to beat Hercules. And I was like reading that the whole time going, would Namor really do that? That just seems so like not classy, right? Ye- Like to say, oh, I I beat this guy with a genie wish. Like Namor wouldn't want to beat somebody with a genie wish, right? Right. And then turns out he comes to his senses and also has that same thought and then stops using it to to, uh, beat Hercules with, which I thought was cool. That was in character.
1: His thought was like, I don't want to, you know, beat him when he's drowning in the water. I want to fight him face to face. And yeah, it works out.
0: So, well, what he was going to do is just use the cosmic cube to keep him moist. His words, not mine. Moist. And that was it. He was just going to fight him, you know, wet, but otherwise not use it to, uh, yeah, destroy Hercules like it could. Um,
1: I did find where the submarine people mentioned that their divers are going to have to hack them loose because the vessel oh, okay. is actually full on stuck in this seaweed. Okay. So he's like, I just, I just hope the okay. Namor lets us free the ship. We never come back to it. So we can assume this is Namor left.
0: That he does. That they do get free. Not that it matters um, too much. It's just people. Um, is it sad that, that Namer did better with the Cosmic Cube than Red Skull did? A little bit. Yep, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just even making it an amulet was more brilliant than anything the Red Skull came up with.
1: And it kind of sets a cool precedent because, you know, way down the road, there are going to be multiple Cosmic Cubes, and they're usually not mm-hmm. cube shaped.
0: It right. just, we,
1: we like the term, so we keep calling them that. Sometimes they take on little girl shapes, Cosmic Hedrons. Yeah. So Wasp makes a comment to Hank. Not that I mind you're hitching a ride high pockets, but why don't you give yourself the power to gain wings when you shrink? And he's like, I never thought about that. Oh. And he will. Wow. And he gets the yellow jacket suit. I totally miss that. And yellow jackets, oh, yeah. yellow jackets, not terribly. well, f- oh, I guess it's still like 20 issues or so.
0: It's mm. still ways. Too bad with that yellow jacket. That was a really cool design. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I'm just trying to figure the out. The
0: end is, the end is so good. I love it. Oh well, Ross just like severs the necklace. is like, "Hey, got him!" No, the mole the man. Mole just being man. Like, I don't want. I don't want this. I don't know. Possibly
1: the best mole man appearance ever.
0: I know, right? That actually made me happy for once to see the mole man. I was actually happy either way. Like either he's going to toss it as inconsequential, or he's going to have it. Either way is exciting. Um, but the tossing was funny.
1: And the one other thing about the ending, uh, they made a big deal about Hercules spilling the beans on the cosmic cube, and Hank getting really annoyed about that. But then they didn't do anything yeah. with it. So I'm wondering if it's hmm. going to come up next issue because Hank is definitely the type to bring up grudges from previous issues.
0: To Hercules, the god of strength. Yeah, yeah, he's going to have to tread he's carefully a, with that. He's really smart about stuff like that. Mm. You're for, you were so stupid for do- oh I can't believe you're so mad right now. Uh, I wonder if this like amulet ever gets found. Well, it's cube shaped again, or if it's or is it just lost in the. Uh-
1: Subterranean
0: Marvel world forever.
1: Um, I don't know exactly how it shows up, but the red, the red Skull does find the Cosmic Cube again in Captain America 114.
0: Well, yeah, we know
1: they make they make more. Is it they make more or is it the I same just, one? I assumed it was the same one.
0: I don't know. I don't know. They, they seem to, like you said, there's been multiple cubes. I don't think they're all the same.
1: As of right now, this is an invention by aim.
0: Um, right. And I think... So theoretically you could make right, more.
1: Right. But... In my memory, it was just one Cosmic Cube until all of a sudden there weren't. So I just don't know when that happens. I don't know if it's the Catch America story when Red Skull finds it again or what.
0: Because all you need is like a plexiglass or a box made of plexi with two giant like hose device things attached to it. And then you press a button and Kirby crackles happen. (laughs) You want some glowy silly string inside. And then there's a Cosmic Cube in there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so anybody could do that anytime. All right, anything else on this one? No, I think we tackled That's it. our four issues. Yeah.
1: All right. So next week, we'll talk about four more issues. We're going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man 49, The X-Men 32, Tales to Astonish 92, and Daredevil 28, which will finish out March of 1967. But we should mention that um, coming soon, about eight episodes from now, is the first Marvel prose novel. And we will be talking about it. So if you like to read along with the show, if you want to try to get your hand on The Avengers Battle the Earth Wrecker by Otto Binder, it is not in print. Uh, so you can find a used copy out there. Uh, there are you know scans that exist, although we don't officially endorse the use of, but it's not in print right now. So if you want to find it, try to find it. Uh, we will talk about it. And we're talking about... The idea of doing something special to go along with that, which will be handy for those who don't manage to get a copy. Uh, we'll talk about that more yeah. as we get closer to it and it actually starts becoming a reality on the production side.
0: But if you're anything like me, start reading now because you're going to need all the time you.
1: Can. <laughs> for us, recording, we're going to record it in about a month. For you listening, it's about two. Um, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. All right. Where can uh, where can they find us? Makeoursmarvel.com will have your links to uh you know Android and iTunes and Spotify, RSS feed, um, links to our social media, Facebook and Twitter. Of course, every episode is on there for playing too, if you'd rather go that way. And you can contact us with a form on the site or you could email us podcast at makearsmarvel.com. On the site
1: there's also a PayPal link if you feel like uh Dropping a little, you know, clink of change in the tip jar—that would be great. Um, Michael can be found on Twitter at Kaiser the Great. I can be found on Twitter at John Reed's Comics. Um, I am currently only producing one other podcast, uh, Dino Squad Goals. Keenan and I decided to hang that one up. So that's—he's not enjoying it as much as he thought he would be, and since it was his idea, we're gonna just be done with that. Um, all the pouches, I haven't touched it in months and I don't know when I'm going to. I would love to, but why, why keep promoting it while I'm not working on it? So the only other podcast I'm doing is Return to Cybertron, a Transformers UK podcast, which, um, can be found on Twitter at TFUKpodcast or the web tfukpodcast.com or any good podcatcher. So if you like Transformers comics and cartoons from the 80s, go check that out. Um, and that's it. That's so it. So we'll be back next week. So until then or until Baron Strucker meets some telepathic aliens and drives them insane with his hate-filled Nazi brain Make ours Marvel